and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and as always, I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How's it going? It's going well, and I'm excited about our topic today because we want to dive a little bit more into, you know, some things we've kind of talked about before in other episodes, but we want to really pull on a thread. And the thread we want to pull on today is really how do we navigate the ebbs and flows of our, of our personal energy and momentum and our life, really? Because I think that, you know, some weeks we've got a lot of energy and we're really sort of riding that wave and we're able to accomplish a lot and have a lot of productivity. And other weeks, you know, we our kids get sick, we get sick, you know, something happens to really lower our productivity. You know, how do we kind of ride those waves and navigate that in our businesses? That's a great question. And one that I've actually been struggling with this week as well, because I woke up Monday ready to take on the week. And like we all do that, my Google calendar looking at it, it's like, okay, got all this stuff going. I'm good. And then I started to feel my energy drop and I started sneezing. And then I was like, oh yeah, my kids were just sick. I really thought I wasn't going to get sick. And then it just like through the day I was in bed, like by the end of the day, just like telling my husband, you've got to do dinner. Um, you know, that is one of the hardest things is just the life happening and it's going to always happen, but just like when you really are ready for a productive week. And I think for me this week specifically, I thought I was going to just hit the road running and I had a launch that I've got a new special that I'm offering in my co-working space. And then dun, da, da, you know, <laughs> like yes. not getting off the ground. Yeah. yeah. Look, and it's interesting because I also had a week like that where I was like, oh, it's the first week of October. I'm like ready to roll. I've got all these exciting things happening. And then I started to have some physical pain and it's kept me up like two nights. I've had like a, just a few hours sleep in, in the last two nights. And so my capacity is low during the day and I don't have as much energy and I'm really exhausted. And so I think this is really relevant, not just for us, but I see this, you know, constant conversation with my clients in the groups that I'm in, you know, we have to sort of navigate and deal with life. So then what happens to our business when we're, when we're on a sort of a low end of productivity? Yes. And I think a lot of, um, us are solopreneurs or we have small Mm -hmm. teams, you know, I think that's the big challenge too, when your business is running and you're the one that's, um, kind of executing on a lot of big things that week, and then you're not in a position to execute that. So what do you do? Um, and I think that, cause I was going to say a lot of people might just be like, well, you 
have all these people that work for you just take over. (laughs) And in my case, I have some really competent uh, staff members, but we're a very small team and they already have their hands full. So for me, uh, the first thing that I do is I have to start reassessing the priorities of really what it is that needs to get done and what can actually wait and being okay and patient with that timing, being like, I may just need to push this back if I want to be fully present. And then there are maybe these other things that I could ask my team to just go ahead and do without me, you know, and have them execute on those things. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like the streamlining and prioritizing is really key because we have to sort of look at what are the most important things that have to get done to more effectively operate our businesses. And I think that's exactly what we're talking about. I think a lot of people compare themselves to bigger businesses that have a lot of cogs in the wheel, that have a lot of things moving, and people can pick up the workload when someone's sick. But when we're running small businesses, you know, it, it doesn't work that way. Like we carry a lot of those workloads. And so when we're sick, it's, it's like, there's a lot that's not going to get done. So, you know, it's not a matter of trying to make it all get done. It's actually a matter of streamlining and looking at what is the most important things to get done and then being willing to let everything else go. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, I definitely hit some of this disappointment and Mm -hmm. the fear of, oh no, this was a window. I really, you know, often when we've planned something, we've specifically planned it because, oh, it's the first of the month and this is what I need to do because this window is really important. This is when my clients are ready to take action or it's when it's really good for a business. And so we have all these timetables based on, you know, some linear thinking and Mm -hmm. what we feel also intuitively might have been a good time. And letting that shift takes a lot of patience and I don't know, compassion is my biggest Mm. thing. Like I have to be really compassionate for where I am. And I'm really grateful that there's been research on compassion, on self-compassion as of late. um, There's a woman here in Austin, Texas, Kristen Neff, who's a professor at University of Texas. And she's done research to show that in our brains, that when we're actually stressed out in the cortisol is pumping through our bodies, you know, we're just going to feel more and more um, hypervigilant and stressed out. But when we actually can stop and breathe and have compassionate thoughts, the mm. act of loving ourselves releases um, cortisol, I mean, releases the anti-cortisol, which is the um, oxytocin mm. and the dopamine. Like it actually is the love hormone that we can give ourselves. That's amazing. amazing. Oh, I love that. And, and I think it's so true. I mean, I think what I see is that what sabotages women more in terms of their overall productivity is oftentimes the way they beat themselves up when they have less productive weeks instead of the actual fact that they're not productive. It's the, it's the way that they treat themselves. It's the discouragement that they have. It's the disappointment they have. It's the way they let that then affect their momentum going into the next week. And I think that's, actually more sabotaging the thinking and the mindset than the actual lack of doing actions is. Absolutely. Yes. Because that can really take us down Mm. as we start to just be discouraged and then we lose that motivation. And it really takes some mindfulness and that compassion and awareness to say, okay, like it didn't happen the way that I expected it to happen, but I can reset 
and continue on, like reset, clear the plate, what's the new timeline, and just being okay with that, instead of sitting and dwelling on, oh, but it was the perfect time. And how did I miss that window? And it's never going to work the same as I envisioned, or whatever that story is, we'll just get caught, you know, and um, yeah, that's, I think, right, you're right, it's where this real sabotage happens, where we let that pull us down and take us completely off course, instead of just kind of pivoting, right? And resetting, of Mm. course. Exactly. And I think this is a lot about reframing. Like that's, I think what I really want to focus on today is like, how do we reframe it? Mm. Because what we, the past framework has been like, you know, we're a machine, right? So if you look at how corporate functions or how big businesses function or you know, how jobs function, you know, they want you to be a machine. They want you to be the most productive and the most, you know, work fully and never be sick and, you know, never take time off. And, you know, there's, there's this whole sort of uh, psychology and, and theory and thinking around how we should be machines. We should just be working, should be efficient. We should be productive. And I think we've got to reframe it, you know, especially when you're running your own business, especially if you're also navigating something else like a family that idea of being a machine is just not reality. And so we're humans. We have physical bodies that need taken care of. We have little ones that need to be taken care of. We have, you know, things in our life that become a priority, you know, over, over the business. And I think that this is what we have to to look at is reframing it to recognize that that is what is. Like that is what is truth is that we're going to have an ebb and a flow. There's not going to be consistent productivity. You know, there's not going to be, you know, the highest effectiveness in every moment of our business life. And I think if we can accept that and we can honor that, it makes the journey much easier. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. And that is, it's just kind of a leftover, um, you know, way of thinking from like when we and come from the factory world of the shift work. And now with all the different technologies helping us create from a different type of space and often in a space in which we're the only worker, we're the solopreneur, you can't just treat, um, you really can't treat yourself as a machine because you don't have a lineup of the next shift coming in. <laughs> you don't have that, um, that second afternoon shift or that night shift. It's mm-hmm. like, it's you and learning to, um, really reframe, like, what does that mean? Am I a shift worker? Like, do I work this time to this time, <laughs> you know, and then it's done. And then I have to get back up and do it. Most entrepreneurs are actually trying to create a different time clock. Um, but we still get caught up in the expectations of what we feel like is good customer service or, you know, or what a business should do. Like the, the trap of the shoulds, right. In the must do, um, when often it's like, is that really how you want your business to be? Or do you want to have a business that can be authentic and say, we value the health and wellness of our team, whether that's me or whether that's someone else on my team that is on maternity leave or needs to step away early from the office, like that building in that culture that we value our health and our wellness and our ebb and our flow, like that can be really powerfully embraced and communicated. That's what Mm -hmm. I love to see when I can see a company that takes it and really means it, not just kind of puts it up on their brochure um, to look impressive, but really follows through with that kind of work culture. Yeah. Look, I think it's really important. And I think that shift starts in ourselves, right? And how we view our business and how we view ourselves. 
and, and how we look at this journey. Because you know, as we talked about many times, operating a business is a marathon. It's a long game. You need to pace yourself. There's going to be, you know, you're going to have moments when you're really feeling it and you're striving and you're sprinting. And then you're going to have moments where you're just moving really slow, maybe even walking. And all of that is okay. That's part of the process and part of the journey. I think this idea that, you know, you're going to get everything done, you're going to get your massive to-do list done. I mean, this is like something that I'm teaching people all the time is that, um, you know, you never get a to-do list done as an entrepreneur. Like it's just, you move it to the next day. <laughs> you know, that's when you become really skilled at saying, yep. Okay. Here's the number one thing I want to accomplish. That's my focus. That's my mission. Okay, cool. If I get all these other things accomplished, fantastic. If not, it moves to the next day and then it moves to the next day. And it's like, I've never gotten a to-do list ever done. And that's okay. Like that's completely normal and completely okay. And I think that that's what we have to start with shifting and reframing for ourselves is that you know, we have to look at our productivity as an ebb and a flow, and we need to ride those waves when it comes. So we need to, when we have a lot of productivity and we have a lot of energy, you need to ride that wave when you got it. And when you have low productivity and low energy for whatever reason, then you also have to ride that wave and, you know, of acceptance and honoring it and then just recognizing, okay, I have to be laser focused this week. I may just get one thing done. What is that one thing done that's the most important thing? Yes. The one thing done has been a very important tool that I've added, I think, more intentionally this year because I feel that in the past, I've felt like I'm constantly running after that long list and even giving myself the top three things. I don't know. Sometimes that's too much. And so now I'm like, what's the one? What's the one thing that I, I can go to sleep tonight and think, I am so grateful I got that one thing done. Yes. And everything else can be like, it's coming, it's coming tomorrow, it's coming the next day. But you know that there's that thing, that one thing that will keep you up. You know, it's like, that's the one. You do it and you feel really good about it. And you let everything else wait. And I think that the other thing that you mentioned was the honoring of that ebb. And when you have to pull back and your energy is low and you need to pull up the covers and just sleep, if you can find time, and I get that sometimes we have small kids, there's different mm -hmm. things that we're juggling but even for me this week, I made a point on the day that I really, it was like the second day that I was sick. And I just thought, if I don't give myself full, if I don't give full attention to recovering from this cold, it could last for several days. But if I just move the appointments I have today, later in the week, and I just let myself rest as much as possible today, then I'm likely to feel better sooner, mm. you know? And that's something we don't realize that we just keep pushing through. Well, I'll just keep that. Oh, I, I'm sick, but I'll just get that one call done. No, that takes energy. Was that a new client? Did you just show up fully present with someone and spend all this energy trying to be present with this one client that you could have asked to just push that back for two days and talk to them when you're really ready? You know, it's like, that's what I'm, and I even told that happened to me. Like I had one new person and I said, I want to be fully present when I talk to you. So let's talk later. Cause I've woken up with this cold and I don't mm. feel well and they're grateful. They're like, yay, hope you feel better. And I want to talk to you when you're fully present and not when you're coughing or, you know? So I think that that's a part of that reframe that you talked about is that it's giving ourselves permission to ebb and remember that we will recover sooner if we're giving ourselves that full permission to rest and not just like shortcutting that recovery time. 
Yeah. And and I think, you know, this is the part of the skill building, as we talk about a lot, is that, you know, we have to discern what is a priority, what isn't, what do we have capacity for and what don't we? I mean, sometimes like, just like you said, Laura, I need to push things off and really give myself the space to sleep or recover. And sometimes I can sort of minimally push through depending on what's happening to at least get some of the priorities done and some of the more important things done in a day. And that's really a level of discernment. And we have to be willing to look at ourselves and say, am I really allowing myself um, to follow what my capacity is right now? You know, and, and no one can tell us what that is. It's something that we have to learn to discern for ourselves. And I think, you know, it's a, it's an interesting journey. Like it's a, it's sort of that part of self-development where we become more and more aware, you know, sometimes we can like go over our capacity a lot. And then other times, you know, we're just sort of looking at what are, what are things I can do really easily? Like I know for me, um, there's certain, some things in my business, which are, are really easily, they don't seem to drain my energy. They don't take a lot of my effort. And so when I do those, you know, I can, I can do those even in sort of low capacity days. But there are other things that take a lot of high energy, like for me to be creative, for me to be thinking outside the box, I have to be at my full capacity. It doesn't work when I'm super tired, when I'm really sick, when a lot of my energy is sort of being, you know, in my own self-care, then I can't be creative or come up with new things. But I can sometimes accomplish some small action steps that progress some things that are already in place. Yeah, exactly. So it's really kind of assessing your energy and some of the low energy tasks might be something that you can do after you get up from that nap and you can get a few things knocked out before you have to go get the kids or whatever. Like there's some things that you can do, but it's measuring kind of what takes the energy. And for me, it's the same, like if I'm going to be doing client work or really want to brainstorm with a client and help them and thinking outside of the box or be creative, that's when I want myself fully energized because then my brain is working really well. But sometimes like, yeah, it's a low, kind of a low activity. And I, I think that I was going to also speak to the, you know, the parents that are listening. It's like, this is also when I lower my expectations, I don't have, I'm sick. So I don't really have to do it all and have, um, everything for the kids in this great dinner and, you know, all this stuff. It's like when I just, I start looking at the list of like, okay, I'll just get some really healthy, hot, fresh soup from the grocery on my way home. And I'll, you know, tell my husband that I need you to get home a little bit earlier if you can. And, you know, it's like, what are the little things that I can also do at home that takes off the pressure or, and I don't feel guilty, like, okay, I'm going to let my four-year-old watch a cartoon while I doze, you know, off laying next to him and that that's okay. I'm like going to let you be entertained by the TV right now while I take a nap and just like not feeling guilty about those mothering duties too, trying to fit, you know, all of that in (laughs) as well as being the amazing entrepreneur that you are for the day. Yeah, look, absolutely. I think that's so important. And and I think, you know, there's a couple of sort of aspects we can talk about and how to navigate the ebb and the flow, right? And how to navigate our energy more effectively and, and how to sort of bring more productivity 
into our business, but not in the way that we've viewed it before. So, you know, we can talk about sort of reframing things. I think that helps a lot because the the more we just allow, the more we accept, then we can actually make appropriate decisions for what we need to do. Whereas the more we beat ourselves up, the more disappointed we are, the more we get down on ourselves for not being productive, the more heavy we are, then that actually slows our progress. And it, and it really conflicts our mind with what we need to do because we're so, um, you know, in that beating up stage that we can't really efficiently look at everything and say, okay, cool. So here's what I'm going to prioritize. I'm just going to focus on this. I'm going to put this aside. I'm going to put this on the shelf. Instead, we're still debating what's important. And a lot of that's because that heaviness is, is, you know, overcoming us. So I think that's really important, but I also think there's things we can do to both prevent, you know, some of that ebb and flow, or at least more of the, um, intensity so that rather than having such a high and such a low, we can have more of a middle ground. So there's things that we can do to prevent. So maybe we can um, sort of navigate and talk about that as well. Yeah, definitely. So, but that's, that's kind of the, the, the big challenge is the, um, I think that's why everyone's like waiting. It's like, how do we navigate? <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think that for me, it changes too. I just want to say like, we've been in business for 10 years. Right. And I think for you as well, Sonia, don't you agree? Like navigating this isn't a formula. It's like something no. that when your children's ages, like they're changing and their mm. needs and your business is changing. So this is like constantly something that you don't just figure out once and you're like yeah. off and running. Yeah. Um, like how do you, I mean, what do you think is your best? I'll be interviewing you. What's your yeah. best kept secret? And like, how do you, <laughs> That's yeah, look, effectively. yeah and, I, and look, I do have a couple of things. I think, you know, with regards to prevention, there's a couple of things. One is, you know, having a simple business model. Like, so, you know, I, as anybody who's listened to my stuff or who's worked with me, they know that I'm a big fan of like the simplest business model possible so that you're focused on one thing. Um, you, you have very simple processes for sales and marketing. You have really like everything in your business is really streamlined. I think that actually helps to prevent some of the, you know, intensity and ebb and flow, because what happens is the more you're juggling or the more you're focused on, or the more sort of inefficiencies in your business, then you're going to have these really, really intense periods of everything. Like, you know, you're juggling it all and everything's so busy and it's a crazy, uh, and then you're going to absolutely have times where you go into that ebb and everything falls apart and all the balls fall down. And then you've got to pick up the next week when you have energy again and you've got to juggle it all again, but now you have twice as much to juggle. So yeah. I think some of the prevention is actually simplifying your business so that it's, you know, your business itself and the structures within your business are more simple, are more refined, are more streamlined. So I actually think that's a really important part of preventing this. Cause I know for me, when I was running sort of multiple services, multiple programs, when I was, you know, doing a lot more running multiple businesses, you know, that all of that was so much harder to navigate the ebbs. Whereas now, I have a really streamlined system. So, you know, when I do have an ebb, I know really quickly what I need to prioritize. And, you know, it's just all a lot more simple. Mm. I love that. And actually made me think of, it's a good discerning question. Um, mm. Like when you're thinking about something in your business, like adding a system or 
um, are just kind of thinking of your business in general, like, oh, I get, I'm really getting excited. I could do this and I could do that. Like to just pause for a moment and say, okay, I'm really excited about this idea, but how sustainable is this for me when I want to go on vacation, when I want to pull back, when the kids are sick? Like, because sometimes in our really high productivity and in our (laughs) flow state, we can get very excited and create sort of this really wonderful thing that takes five people, you know, to um, keep that engine purring and keep it going. And so really being able to assess. And so I have done that more often where I'm just like, okay, this is great, but is it something I can maintain? Is it something that I can do every week or I can do every month? And if it isn't something that I have the bandwidth right in that moment, or I have the team to support, then it's okay to like, okay, let me pull that back a little bit. So I feel like that for me, that's me being preventative mm. is looking, kind of said the long game and looking at like, is that going to work for me um, down the road? And if not, then I might need to bookmark that for another time. Yeah, like absolutely. And one of the areas where I see a lot of people not doing that is in their marketing, right? So they they take on all these ideas or all these like content marketing schedules and all this stuff, but it's not sustainable for them. Like they're they're like they get really excited and they start it out and then, you know, after a week or two they can't sustain it and there's no consistency again. And I think, you know, it, it is absolutely important to look at what can we be doing that is sustainable long-term, that is consistent long-term, that, you know, will help us to prevent so much of that intensity in the ebb and flow. Uh, and one, and it's one of the reasons why I look a lot at skill building and sequence, right? So taking things one at a time. And in my own business, this is what I do. It's like I implement one thing. And then it, when I get that to be habitual and everything's working really well, then I'll implement another thing. And then I'll make that habitual and it's working really well. And then I implement another thing because otherwise I'm so busy trying to implement all these things that nothing actually becomes habitual or consistent. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. And I, I've definitely been guilty of that. Like I'm going to do this for the next so many days, you know, (laughs) it's like setting me myself up because it's like, okay, fifth day in can't keep doing that. And then feeling discouraged about that. whatever new idea, that new content. Um, Like when people do that, I'm going to do a live video for the next. (laughs) I'm just like, do you have backups? Like it's going to happen and you can't do that. Yeah. yeah, Like being more practical and, and it doesn't mean that we can't do those things or can't make those commitments, but it's just really assessing. Are you in the current space to do that? Do you have the bandwidth? And if you don't, like what's going to be sort of the backup plan for that? Yeah. Um, and and one at a time. Like, I think that's the other yeah. piece. We don't give ourselves permission to do one thing at a time. We're trying to do everything quickly. And like, you know, I think that's the other piece is what is the one thing that you can fully put into place before you start working on another thing? Um, and I do this even when, because I have, you know, a team and people who are helping me with different aspects of my business. And, you know, sometimes they have all these creative ideas And I'm like, that's great. Let's put, you know, two, three, four on the shelf and we'll revisit that once one is fully implemented (laughs) because otherwise, you know, again, we're focused on too many things and going everywhere. So it's really important, I think, to, to really allow yourself to just do one thing at a time, implement one thing at a time, focus on one thing at a time until it's working really well. Yeah. And I think another thing about um, being preventative is, and comes back to what I said about 
like if you're putting it in your culture and you're communicating that it's a part of your business model to respect mm. the flow of energy, I feel like there's different creative ways you can do that. But I think the more you're transparent about that either health and well-being is a core value of your business or um, honoring the, the ebb and flow of energy and business, like somehow making that a part of your mission statement, a part of your core values, then when you need to speak to that, when you need to tell your customer base that you're pulling back to observe something that needs to, I don't know, marinate or something that needs a little mm -hmm. bit longer to um, come to fruition, you know, it just feels like if you've put that into your business model, then your customer appreciates that alliance, that integrity, that authentic, you know, authenticity. Mm. I, I know just for me as a customer, when I yeah. see that, I'm always impressed. I'm like, oh, you know, they say that that's important. Look at them. They're really doing it. And that must be kind of hard because they're a full-blown business with all these people needing them. And they're just being very clear about what they can provide right now. And that, yeah. you know, it's, it's inspiring to me. Yeah. And I think we want to attract people who are aligned with our values. And if we're not practicing what, you know, the kind of clients that we want to attract, you know, then it's, then that's a challenge as well. Like I know I want to attract people who are willing to learn to value themselves and willing to learn to honor themselves and to have self-care. Well, if I'm not willing to do that, then how can I either attract it or expect my clients to be different? And so I think, you know, it's that practicing what you preach and, and being who you are and, and looking for the people who are aligned with those values. Uh, but I think as business owners, we get scared because we're like, oh, if we disappoint our clients, if we, you know, if we lose clients, if, we, if clients reject us and all all these things, but it really does come to this place where as business owners to really succeed, we have to decide who we want to be and how we want to operate and where our integrity level is. And then we have to, to do it regardless of what the consequences are of that. And of ultimately we'll attract the right people and we'll have the right clients who, who honor who we are. Yes. Yes. I am in agreement hundred percent. Yeah. And I think, you know, on the preventative level as well, I think, you know, one of the other things that I think is really important, and this is something that I am definitely not a master at yet, and I'm always practicing is really making sure that self-care component is a priority. Like so much of the ebb happens because we're not taking care of ourselves, right? So whether it's, we have low energy, we're not getting sleep, we're in pain, we're sick, you know, I mean, we can't obviously can't totally manage that say when our kids are sick or when something happens in our life, that's not a result of our own health. But also a lot of times if we're not taking care of ourselves, then those experiences become even harder. So I know if I'm not taking care of myself and my child's sick, then it's even harder for me to take care of her. And therefore I'm more depleted. Whereas I can navigate her sickness a lot better if I'm really well. That is exactly um, what I was talking about earlier when it's like the sustainability. If you're not taking care of yourself and giving yourself that time to go under the covers, then how are you going to be able to build a, you know, a practice that, or a business that you can keep up with that energy? Like if you keep pushing yourself and not taking that as a, making that a priority, caring for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, um, it's really important for us to, really honor that part of ourselves and, and recognize how important our performance 
is based on that self-care. Like, you know, as business owners, I think sometimes we forget that we are the business and our care and health is so imperative for us to have better performance in business. I, I think sometimes we have a real disconnect between that. And so we need to actually make that a more of a connection. So if I'm taking time to do self-care, that's actually a priority in my business, not something that's nice to have or something that, you know, comes at the very last once everything else is done. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of us kind of treat it like that, like a luxury or a a reward. Like after I do all the hard work, then maybe I'll just relax and treat myself to a massage. It's like, actually, the massage is really needs to be sandwiched right there in the middle. Like it's the thing that helps you get back into your body so that you're able to keep doing what you're doing. And, um, and that kind of goes back to this sort of, um, you know, work, work, work collapse model that a lot of, I know we are here in the United States, just like work, work, work. And then you're so exhausted. You know, this is how people spend Monday through Friday, just totally, you know, pushing it out 80 hours a week, you know, for some people that are really pushing it and then they collapse and they just sleep all weekend and then get up on Monday and go again. And then you have kids and you realize, oh, I can't do that because I'll never get to sleep that long. So (laughs) I actually can't do that. Um, But yeah, it's like a complete um, reprioritization of our health and our well-being in a way that we don't often see, I think, as prominently as we would like in mainstream business. Yeah. And I think it is literally making it a business meeting. Like, you know, like, like I make in general once in a while, this shifts and changes, but you know, I make Wednesdays, my self-integration day. And so I don't see clients. I don't let anything in. And that is the day that I prioritize my integration, my self-care, what I need to do in order to function, you know, at my optimum the rest of the week. And when I miss those Wednesdays, I see a huge depletion in my energy. And so I think, you know, this is what we have to recognize. Like it is the most important part of our work life and it is a part of our work actions. Um, no, it's not the separate thing. And and that's, I think what we have to shift to see how integrative it is, how important it is because we are our business and our self-care has to come first. Right. We're only as successful as we are healthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something you and I have always aligned on and, and it's been a bigger paradigm shift for, um, for, for business entrepreneurially minded people that I expected like 10 years ago when you and I were sitting in that coffee shop, dreaming up our wellness co-working space, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I really didn't know how hard it would be for us to, to put wellness at the center. And now that I've been doing it for myself and then watching everyone else and just seeing the struggle, you know, because so much of the reward and the focus is on that productivity energy output. We're just such a, society focused Mm. on just energy out, energy out, energy out. And we forget, like, it's so important. It's this equal part of the equation that energy has to come in. Energy has to come in, you know, just as much or more to keep that energy output going. Yeah. And I love wellness. That's really great. The Wednesday integration that you're doing it in the middle of the week. A lot of people Mm. will do it on like a Monday or Friday, like start their week or end their week. But Wednesday, that's a smart way to do it. 
Yeah, look, it works for me because I feel like Mondays, I really want to get into everything. So it's like, that's my high level business day. And I want to like accomplish things and plan things and, you know, that sort of that. And then, yeah, I find I don't want it to be the end of the week. It's too close to the weekend where I'm going to get some time with the family and some time off work. So yeah, I don't know. It just works really well to have that hump day of, okay, I'm, I'm going to just be, and I'm going to, you know, enjoy my day and I'm going to like integrate things for myself. That's when I go, I go do the float tank or get a massage or do yoga or whatever it is. And, and so, you know, everyone's different and everyone has to create a schedule that really works for them. But I think, you know, it was a big commitment for me to prioritize a day. And I can't say that I still don't feel guilty sometimes or when I'm trying to fit clients in and they're like, I can only do Wednesday. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do Wednesday. You know, like there's still that part of, you know, guiltiness that you can have. And once in a while I do let someone slide into that, that schedule. And I think, you know, I'm definitely not a master at this. I'm practicing it a lot, but you know, there's, there's so much pressure in the world to be productive all the time. And there's so much, um, devaluing of the feminine and of the time we need to just have space, to just feel, to just be. And so, you know, it is a lot like trailblazing or, you know, going against the grain or swimming upstream, you know, whichever metaphor you want to use, but it's really, really important that we do it. And what I find is that specifically for this topic, you know, if you take more time on a regular basis to, to have self-care, to have integration time, to have space, then the ebbs and flows will come closer together and you'll have less intensity and less ups and downs because you've allowed yourself that sort of preventative measure. Mm, agreed. Yes. Yes. Because you're like creating that more harmonious movement to ebb and flow. Like you're giving it space. So we don't have to, um, like there's less pushback and and resistance, which creates the chaos, like, you know, like pushing at something. Um, there's more chaotic, um, movement than when you just like give space to something and then it has room and space to flow back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so then we've talked a little bit about sort of the framework, you know, and how to make your fr- your mindset better and to just reframe the whole pr- productivity and ebb and flow. And now we've talked a little bit about preventative measures, but what do we do when we kind of hit that time period? You know, so we, we really, as you, you and I both this week, were like, yes, we're going to have a massively productive week. Let's hit the ground running. It's going to be amazing. And then crash, you know, none of that happens. So then we have to look at what are some strategies or some tips that we can give the listeners that, you know, will, will help them navigate when they do hit those times, um, to make them as easy as possible. Yeah. Well, you know, one we actually talked a little bit about is, um, in that moment, realizing, recognizing that it's a ebb and that things are shifting. And so the longer you hold on to what you wanted it to be, the more difficult. So just let go, <laughs> like just let go of what you thought you needed to happen mm-hmm. and get clear about what can happen, like what really can happen for the week or the next couple of days and what it's, what's the one thing or the priority. If you were to really just get all of that down to what's the most important thing that you can do with the energy that you have. Um, that would be a tool that I recommend that I try to use. It's just, again, and I know we kind of touched on it, but that prioritization of what yeah. can be done. 
Yeah. Yeah. So important. And I think that's the, that's the moment where we strip back and we look at what is really imperative. I mean, for service businesses and like for myself, the things that I try to keep in play if I can is client calls and sales calls. Like those are the two things for me that are the most important. And if I can just get those things, um, you know, done and handled in the week, that's, that's great. That's what I think is amazing. If I don't have the energy for that, then I have to cut back something else. Um, and probably for me, it'd be cutting back client calls because I want to be more more present for them. They take more energy. Whereas sales calls for me are like super easy. I love it. They're easy flow conversations. I could do them sleeping, I think. So, you know, for me, that's a, that's an easy thing, but it's going to be really different for everybody. And so you want to strip back to sort of like what's absolutely imperative, you know, your content marketing, not absolutely imperative. I know everyone thinks it is, but it's really not, you know, a lot of the marketing efforts you're doing, probably not imperative. The other thing that I would strip back is like most of us are working on projects, like we're working on implementing something new in our business, whether that's like a new funnel or a new website or, you know, a new lead generation system, or we're working on improving the services that we're already offering, or we're implementing a VA or whatever the piece is. We're generally working on sort of new things we're putting together. I think when you hit an ebb week, that's a good time to drop all of that you know, just not try to implement the new stuff because it's really about focusing on what do you need to do to sort of operate your business minimally. So what is the chopping water? um, I mean, the chopping wood and carrying water part of your business that you need to focus on and you let go of those new things. And then if you find you have a little bit of energy, you can maybe progress a project that's already in motion. So I know for myself, like if I'm working on something and I might have like 30 minutes and I feel like I've got a little bit of energy, I might say, okay, just what's the next little tiny step I can take in that project to move things forward. Um, But, you know, these are some really important things that can just help you operate more effectively so that you do progress things a little bit. There's a little bit of momentum and you're honoring where you are that week. And then the next week you'll have more energy and more momentum. And then you can dive into some of the bigger projects. Yes. And I have just one more thing to add to that practical Mm -hmm list of things to do is remember to ask for help. Even if you are a solo person, you know, maybe even have a VA or anyone that's helping you in that moment, there are people in your life that support you. There is a friend that can take your kids, um, maybe home from school. There's somebody that can, you know, do something for you in your life or letting your partner know. Um, and if you do have a team, letting them know right away what you've just adjusted. Like, hey, we were going to take on this new thing and we're pushing that back next week and we were going to do this and now I need you to do that piece of it for me. You know, and just being really clear about um, A, communicating with your client so that the customer service, they at least know what's going on and you're communicating with your team so that they know like what is shifting, what's happening. And then, because I know for myself, I have a lot of, if I feel like other people are counting on me, then that is where I feel really um, guilty or I have a hard time letting go and relaxing and resting. If I think Mm -hmm. that people are wondering what happened to Laura, where is she, why is she not doing this? So I have to communicate right right away to everybody that's counting on me that they're going to need to wait and I'll be back to them, you know, as soon as I'm back up and running or whatever that is. 
Yeah. And I think that communication piece is actually really important. And I do think that a lot of women struggle with how do you communicate that? It's, it can be vulnerable. You know, I think the traditional idea is it's weakness. If you're not a machine, if you're not just willing to just work harder and, and most of us have men in our lives who are still like that, right? There's still that thing of like, well, just push through, just, you know, just, keep going. Why do you need to do self-care? Just, just make it happen. This is a, you know, it's important. And so I think, you know, we've got to, got to look at that. And, and I think it starts with, you know, the acceptance in ourselves, because if we don't accept it in ourselves, it's really hard to communicate um, and be really honest with others. But once we do that, then I think it's just about like literally just letting people know that like, Hey, I really care. And I'm really, I really want to be present for you. I love what you said earlier, Laura, like, you know, Hey, I want to be really present for you. And I'm not going to be, if I try to, you know, have a session with you today, it would be so much better if we reschedule so that I can be fully there for you. Like that's a beautiful way to communicate and, you know, really show that you care and that you're honoring them, you know, but, but you're also honoring yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it often it's not that you're not going to get that thing done. You're just not going to get it in the timeline that you first thought you were going to do it. It's just yeah. going to need to shift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I think that could be like a whole nother topic, but you know, just to kind of like finish off with this sort of one, I mean, timelines, like, yeah. you know, in the feminine. And I think in, in reality, like we have to, look at timelines very differently. So, you know, for me, I look at timelines as a guide, right? It's not a have to, it's not necessary. I mean, sometimes there are deadlines because someone else literally has a deadline. I have to get them to, you know, something in a certain time frame. But I think a lot of times our timelines are arbitrary. They're based on things that we would like to have at a certain time. And a lot of times that just doesn't happen. And so it's allowing yourself to move the timeline forward and be like, okay, so that wasn't really realistic, the timeline that I chose. So I'm just going to redefine it, move the boundary and create a different timeline. And I think that process of constantly shifting things is actually really healthy and really good for a business. And, and I think this is, I see a lot of women struggling with the allowing themselves to change goals, to change priorities, to reshuffle and, and relook at their plans. I mean, I reshuffle things weekly, like, you know, th- because what I, what I saw before or what I thought before isn't realistic compared to what's happening in my life now, what's happening in my group, what's happening in my business. Things shift and change so much. And as small businesses, we're so lucky because we can, we're very nimble. We can switch things and move things around very quickly. And so I think it's actually really important that we learn the skill of shifting timelines and shifting goals and shifting priorities, because that's, what's going to make us far more effective. And it's a very different way to look at it than what we're taught, which is you have a goal, you stick to it, you do whatever it takes to get that goal in the timeline that was created, you know, and that's the very masculine way. Yeah. Yeah. And we're often like sticking to those, um, and we don't even know really why it just becomes like, this is the timeline and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't even make sense anymore, but like we will sometimes you know, hold that over our head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, this seems like a good place to, to end this week. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. 
You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay, talk to you next week.